fade in. Exterior, ocean, close up, water, morning light. We are at the delicate interface between ocean and air, liquid and gas, the event horizon where molecules evaporate. This interchange is ethereal. Then, low frequencies, rumble, depth, louder, closer, now. And the ocean surface is torn by a 46-foot catamaran and the roar of 2,700 horsepower rocketing at us at 140 knots. And I'm sure there's cocaine on board. Hello and welcome. I'm Douglas Walls. This is 42 Minutes, a weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day. You can find us online at 42minutes.com and you can, you can reach us at mail at 42minutes.com. Um, you can follow our tweets at Sync42 and at Syncbook. Today, I'm on location in the Garden District to check out some ivy. <laughs> and I had the, the introduction of Miami Vice, of course, because I need to get to the bottom of what Get What Plus means. For years, I've, I've joked about how this may be one of the most interesting band names in town, um, but we'll figure out what it means precisely. Uh, as you know, it is the March Music Showcase on 42 Minutes, and that means only bands in March. Our, our showcase is quickly coming to an end as Treefort is approaching, and today I'll be meeting with Get Weft Plus, an anxiety-riddled three-piece indie punk band from Boise. Archaic rock, dancey punk, and quirky ragers will leave you looking for the nearest towel. Their debut EP One is now available on their Bandcamp page, getwetplus.bandcamp.com/album/one. They are playing at Tree Fort 2016 Saturday, March 26th, at the Water Cooler at 6:50 p.m. How are you guys doing today? Excellent. Good. Great. <laughs> Can we start with the band name? Who whose idea was it? Um. Well, I guess it was a collaborative idea. Um, so, uh, get wet could have a lot of different meanings, all of which are really great. Um, and I think that was the draw for us. So, but there was a band in the early 80s called Get Wet. Is that right? Yep. It was a synth band in the 80s. Do you know where they're from? from New York. New York. Yeah. We didn't want to take that away from them, so we decided to augment it. And sure. It's extra. It, it adds something for sure. Well, I mean, my initial impression is that it's more of a, a female thing. It could be construed that way, I think. It's also a subtle drug reference. But then when you, the Urban Dictionary says that it's not cocaine, as you've mentioned to me... It's, it's, it's PCP. Tearing faces, eating faces off. Like angel dust. PCP. Yeah. I didn't know you get wet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but then, as you start googling it, you realize that Andrew WK had an album. Yeah. I get wet. But I don't. I. Do you think he was referring to drugs? It's Andrew WK. He's pretty wet in all of his pictures. He is. So it, like literally, he he gets wet. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah. There was also a dubstep, I think that's the genre, um, band that came through that was on their Get Wet tour, the, I think the summer that we started playing together, so. Which, what summer was that? How long have you guys been together? A couple of years. Um, Going on three? 
Well, because don't we kind of have a mini history of Boise Rock kind of happening a little bit in the room? Yeah. Well, this is, Brian and I have played music together for a long time. This is our third band together. What was the first band? Speed of Shark. Speed of Shark. Did, were you at U of I with all the no. yahoos? No, <laughs> I wasn't one of those yahoos. <laughs> I was one of those yahoos. Sure. Uh, Speed of Shark. The, a classic Boise band? Classic in that it was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. It was like in 02. 02? It's when we formed. Yeah. And who was in that? Um, it was the two of us and then um, Mike Runswold, who we also played with in um, LaFleur. And then um, Ricardo. Milburn. Milburn. And Brian Amberg. Is Mike in a band now? No. No. Why do I, Who's the guy who does Acme Bread? Mike. Okay. <laughs> who's the other guy that looks just like him? You. No. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's two guys that I always confuse, and they maybe were both in LaFleur, and maybe they weren't both in LaFleur, but maybe one just hung out with Zach, and one was in LaFleur. Are you thinking of Chad Whitaker? Yeah. Alike-ish. Mike and Chad? Yeah. Close, close in height. Yeah, tall. tall and skinny? Yeah. And they both wear glasses and they both have dark hair. So, yeah. Okay. So, Speed of Shark and then that becomes LaFleur? Yeah. And how long did LaFleur go for? Like six or seven years? I was thinking seven or eight. And is, is uh, Get Wet Plus your guys' only project right now? For yeah. media. Yeah. Because uh, I think, aren't you in a million bands? Um, only three. So this band and um, Dark Swallows and Mostly Muff. Yeah. Well, so it's interesting because recently I was told Dark Swallows is the best band in Boise. Okay. <laughs> They're the best band from Boise. Okay. Have you heard that before? Um, today, just now. <laughs> <laughs> That's very so, Is Dark Swallows playing at Tree Fort? Yes. We're playing um, Sunday night at the El Cora Shrine. I don't know what time. Like right. 9 p.m. maybe, something like that. It's, it's interesting this year, Tree Ford has decided to get rid of the, the scheduling on the web. And so it's all in the app. Mm -hmm. And I would look, but I'm afraid that I would ruin our wonderful recording here. If you want to, I can look. I can find out the exact time, I'm sure. Okay, but so I guess we didn't really introduce everyone to uh, the members of Get Web Plus. You, drummer here, who, what is your name? Brian. Brian. Okay, and... Your last names? I don't know. No, you don't <laughs> want this. You don't want the last name. Nick plays... I play guitar. You play guitar. Why do I think you're the bass player? I don't know. Have you always been the guitar player? Mm, in this band, yes, but prior to this, I've been known as a bass player. Okay, that's probably why. And is it punk music that you tended to do in the past? Yeah, so all through high school, I was in punk bands and college, a couple kind of quirky punk kind of bands. And then um, for about five years, I was in a kind of a goofy hardcore band called Manville. Play, and I played bass in that band for about 2005 to 2000. 
Eight or nine. Did you guys live on Manville or rehearse on Manville? No, there was Manville brand uh, insulation. Oh. The first uh, basement we practiced in. Okay. Because, I mean, Manville is up here, yes, too. Manville is up here. This is, like, this is a very bench show, I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. You guys are all bench dwellers. We are all bench dwellers. Yep. And this is the Garden District. Do you guys... <laughs> I didn't really know that until you said that. <laughs> I think there are even signs that say, <laughs> we looked at a house right next, to, when we were shopping around, like right next door, we were a little nervous about that canal though, oh. for, just because it was like running right through the backyard. Yeah. Yeah. But then, Andrew lives just up the street too, mm -hmm. and he's got a beautiful view that way. Let's see here. So, um, mostly muff. Did, who conceived of that? Just because you guys do the same, you have the same gimmick every year. It's a great gimmick that you have one show on Valentine's Day, yeah. and then you have, it's like something so solid to look forward to, but Absolutely. maybe, it has it become a burden at this point? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really fun to play with friends every year. It is a lot of, it's a lot of work and a lot of pressure to put into one show. Because we basically learn somewhere between 12 and 18 songs for one night of music. And sometimes the songs are really hard. So, I mean, but I don't know that it's a joy to play with friends, so I don't know that it's ever necessarily a burden so much as just hard work. Right, so lots of rehearsing. Yeah. And memorizing. So we don't make fools of ourselves. And do you feel like you've ever done that? Made fools of ourselves? Yeah. Well, some of the songs, you know, we only play them once. We have one night, we have one shot to do it. And so it's always disappointing if, you know, a certain section or a certain spot doesn't go off the way you want it to. But I don't know that we've ever made fools of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we haven't. I think the whole premise of it is kind of silly. So that works in our favor. The, the VAC shows are always the best. The, you've got the best crowd. And the, even if you were... They, they're very forgiving, even if you have. <laughs> That's true. And so this year in particular, the highlight of, I mean, Sam's Neil Diamond number was pretty fabulous. Amazing, yeah. And then the theme this year was... It was Ladies' Choice. We decided this was our seventh year. We were just going to play things that we wanted to play. Um, you know, we tried to choose stuff that people knew so that people could still sing along, but it was just a little bit of everything this year. So we didn't have a real strong theme like we have in years past. I particularly liked your choices. Thank you. They were good choices. Thank you. <laughs> so you, you picked The Clash. Uh-huh. And David Bowie. And David Bowie. Which ended up being very timely. Yeah. And so you picked that before? Yeah, I picked it. We picked our songs like last summer or something. I can't remember when. I picked it a long time ago. So, and then, um, I can't remember the third one. Oh, Heartbreaker by Pat Benatar. Yeah. Another good choice. Thank you. It's interesting because even, I mean, you could get in trouble, like you could like a song, but then to try and realize the song in that setting might not work. It might not translate. And I think we were a little surprised this year. Some of the songs that we thought for sure maybe everybody would know, they don't know as well. And so in that setting, that's, um, it's always fun when everybody knows the song and sings along and cheers for the different parts, you know. So, um, 
But I did love playing and learning all the songs we played this year. I was just maybe surprised that some of the songs were less well-known than we would have thought. Yeah. So, like, Guitar Man by Bread. <laughs> I thought maybe everybody would know that song. I've never heard that song. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I probably had, but... <laughs> there was one where I think we knew that a lot of people wouldn't know. It was an LCD sound system song. Do I, see, I knew that song. I knew some people would know it. No, yeah. a lot wouldn't. Yeah, no, it was, it was a, and then the girl crew was pretty amazing. Yeah, girl crew was phenomenal. I, they are, I really hope that that's not the one and only girl crew show that we ever get to see. Well, their rhythm section was so good, I was pretty sure that it was, I didn't, I, for the longest time I didn't believe there were really musicians back there, because <laughs> it was, it sounded really, really, yeah. like, it was good. Yeah, they were phenomenal. Phenomenal musicians and singers and kind of everything, performers. Their merch that they put together was incredible. Underwear, bejazzle kits. They, yeah, they were amazing. And, but they're not performing at Tree Fort. Not that I know of. And in the past, you guys have performed. The Mostly Muff Outfit has performed at Tree Fort. Just once. Just once. Yeah. Last, last year? I think, yeah, last year. We played at Hump and Hannah's. We opened for the Rocky Johnson band. And that was enough? Uh, it was cool. It's just a lot of work to, um, it's a lot of work to put on the show in February and then to turn around and do it again. Do another one. Because we did slightly, I think we did like some songs from every year. We didn't want to play the same exact set. Mm -hmm. But we ended up playing for a lot of people we'd never played for before. It was kind of the, seemed like, maybe the crowd that goes to Hump and Hannah's on a Friday or Saturday night. So a lot of folks that we never normally would have played for. Right. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then how many tree forts have you guys played? This will be the third? This will be the third. So three years was a really good <laughs> guess for how long we've been playing. Right, so the third year as Get Wet Plus. Yes. Have you played more tree forts in other... LaFleur played once. LaFleur right. played the main stage. We must have played twice then, because yeah. I don't think we played the main stage. I want to say that you guys played the main stage one year. We did. Yeah, we did. So we played year one and two, and then Get Wet Plus will play three, four, and this will be year five. Year five. Three, four in our third year. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to remember the other show. Maybe at the Red Room? Maybe at the Neuralux? It was at the Neuralux. Yeah. We opened for that woman that broke the light bulbs. She had like a light bulb set where they broke or something. I don't know. <laughs> on purpose? Yeah, it was like part of a... I know that didn't sound like it was on purpose. But she had like a <laughs> stage set up and there was like this theatrical part of it where some light bulbs kind of burst or something like that. I can't remember her name though. Hmm. But then you guys have been to all the tree forts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, so are you excited about this tree fort in particular or... Just another day's work. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely look forward to playing Tree Fort every year because it is such a fun show and it's a fun thing to be part of. Um, I'm really excited to see a lot of the bands this year. Uh, I'm hoping to catch Reversion. Um, that's one of the ones I'm really excited about. Where are they from? Well, it's Brett Netson, who's from Boise. He plays guitar. Um, he's from Caustic Red. Sure. And he, I can't keep everything straight that he does. Oh, yeah. So yeah. he's Brett Netson and Snakes also. Yeah. Yep. 
And he, I think the woman might be from Seattle, maybe. I don't know where she's from. Okay. But she plays marimba, and he plays his guitar. Interesting. It's just the two of them, I think. I've heard a recording, but I've never seen them play. So I'm really hoping to catch them. You guys have anything you're looking forward to? The OCs. Um, yeah, I want to check out the OCs. Is that one at the, sh the shrine? I think they're on main stage. Yeah, I think so. Then I also want to check out Coco Rosie, too. That would be cool. I usually kind of fly by the seat of my pants. I can't keep up on all the music. There's so a lot of, lot of music. I kind of go to like, su like suggestions that my friends make and kind of plan it from there. Because I don't even know if I'm going to be, um, how much I'm going to be at the tree for, too. So. Because, I mean, so your, your band photo shows you guys in the conference room. Is that the band conference room? <laughs> Going over the plans to what is it to take over the world or what is it? It's the control center. We're, we're agreeing on what we're gonna, the terms that we're gonna. Yeah, signing our contract. Have, have any of your punk outfits played? Uh, did you play tree, no. earlier tree forts? No. Um, I was out of music for a little while, maybe five years. So when tree forts started, I was not in a band. So here's the the interesting question. I know when my daughter was born, we were in a big enough house that I could have a separate space. But then when we moved back into the North End, all the instruments kind of got put away for a while. And in my case, they just kind of stayed put away. What's it like to be musicians with small children? <laughs> with a particularly nasty flu season this year. Yeah. We had a, a fever on the youngest one for like... Three days. Yeah, ours was, was getting over about a week-ish of uh, varied sicknesses. Yeah. Well, I would say we're lucky just having played with Brian and some of the guys in LaFleur when I, before I had my kid, I, I felt like we were really lucky to have such supportive partners who could watch kids and mm -hmm. always be there while we practiced and played shows and then we even went on a tour with LaFleur and so. Is that the one where you guys did South by Southwest? That was one of them. We also toured with the Built This Bill for a couple weeks on the, kind of close, but it was a couple weeks that we went out and did that. Um, when you had, yeah, it was like older. Just kid. after my maybe son was born. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys gotten out of Wouldn't town as Get Wet, Get Wet Plus? No. No. I can't imagine it happening while we have little kids. Right. I mean... Well, I work with somebody whose husband is a little bit of a ding-dong, and they go on tour every year before Tree Fort. <laughs> well, Who is that? I'm not going to name any names, but there's a pungent odor of garlic about, usually. <laughs> I, I don't know how I would... I don't know, just in my case, because I stay with my kiddo during the day a lot, and so, yeah. I mean, she identifies me as a primary caregiver, and I think it would be really hard, I think, to leave her or take her either would be really hard. Yeah. So, and then I play in the other band with my husband, Phil, and that's been really tough to schedule childcare every single time we have to practice and play shows. So which came first, the husband or the band? The band? I don't know. Did you guys... We were, we like, were dating when we started playing music together. 
and that that band's Dark Swallows. Mm -hmm. Who are the other members of that? Hiram Haberly and Steve Samuelson. And are they also little nodes in the Boise? They played in a band called Juntura. Mm. And I think they grew up in Idaho Falls together, or Rexburg? Rexburg. And they may have played music back there, too. So, Tree Fort gives me the opportunity to talk to people that I wouldn't normally talk about, because on the show, usually it's, it's more in line with uh, the Joe Rogan show, where it's UFOs and drugs and conspiracies and stuff. But um, the Tree Fort experience is pretty interesting over the years. I mean, what are you, what are you sensing this year? I'm feeling it's like it's a little different this year, but I say that every year, I think. Have you guys... Different, different how? Uh, well, so like some of the initial impressions... Um, what, anytime a pattern's set and then the pattern's broken, so like for a while Built to Spill was playing, like they did this and then the next year they did this and then the next year they did the same thing and it's like, oh, okay, this is how it's done. So the Built to Spill plays two nights at the Shrine or... <laughs> so this year I think they're playing... I, I know they're playing on the main stage once, but I think they're also playing on, on the Shrine one night, too. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so... Yeah, and there's more forts this year. <laughs> there's more offshoots of the festival. And I think this is their first year as um, a B Corp. That, yeah. It's evolving, I guess. Last year, I definitely tried to taste a lot of the forts. Because the year before, there were a lot of forts that I just, I was totally oblivious to. And I thought, well, I've got to try and taste some of these things. And so I did Hack Fort, Story Fort, and Yoga Fort. Have you guys done any of the ancillary forts? Uh, I have not, no. There's a beer fort, I think. <laughs> <laughs> ale yeah. fort? Yeah. Brian's checked out ale fort. <laughs> uh, Phil was really involved with Hack Fort the first year, so I... Checked it out a little bit, I guess. Last year, the hack fort was really interesting because, like, the mayor gave the you know. So it's sponsored by BSU, and so they're giving. There's all this free swag. You get like T-shirts and donuts and coffee. Yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, but I haven't ever done film fort. It's interesting because it used to be the Tree Fort uh, Film Festival, and then I think they really are moving into the idea of everything's a fort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to check out some film for stuff this year. I don't know exactly, but I'd be really interested to check some of those out. Yeah, and I think they're showing stuff at both the Flicks and maybe the Oahe Hotel. Mm. And the venues is always the same, but slightly different every year at Tree Fort. And so, like, it seemed like the new venue that's kind of recently come online is the Olympic. Have you guys played there? Or? I haven't even been there yet. I haven't been there yet either. Have you guys played the water cooler before? Nope. Nope. We never been there. No. I don't even think I've been to a show there. I've been. They had panels there one year, and I saw one of those. I've seen a play there. The School of Rock puts on performances in there. Did they turn off the lights? Did they turn the lights? <laughs> it was off? during the day. <laughs> <laughs> Just something to think about. <laughs> <laughs> But it, I think it's kind of, I mean, it's, it seems like a, an echoey space. Yeah. I don't know how crazy, I, you guys played the Linen Building mm -hmm. 
last year, mm-hmm. which is a strain. I've seen a lot of good stuff in there, and I, I'm very appreciative to have the various venues, but it seems like kind of a strange space, too. Yeah, I mean, acoustically, it's probably a little... The shape of the room, kind of, too, a little bit, because mm-hmm. there's these poles. Yeah. yeah. That's true. It beats, you know, cramped basements. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then the other thing I, I register is that every year there's more and more like free glomons, kind of like day parties and extra shows and this, you know, so I think um, there's the Apes on Tape showcase, which is the Woodland Empire, which is great, and those are all free, and they like do two full days of showcase shows from like three to eight, and uh, I think they're doing something similar like that on Saturday at the Record Exchange, it's all free. So those kind of things are really interesting. Yeah. yeah. I could see that getting bigger too. When we went to South by Southwest, there's there's like the festival, but then there's a whole other, there's tons of people that just show up to play at what are called unofficial showcases. Right. They're all over town, and so it's, it becomes, I guess, bigger than the festival for that weekend. I don't, I mean, it doesn't feel like it's, I haven't sensed that it's jumping the shark, but mm-hmm. I wonder if they could get there. When that happens. Like, yeah, what do you have to do to, to jump the shark with Tree Fort? But it's weird because there's also, there's the Boise Music Festival. Is that something you guys have ever registered? <laughs> <laughs> But you know about it. Yeah, I know about it. It's usually like some big acts that like they pay a lot of money. But they're not. It's they're like B list or big acts. They had John Jett. Was and Hello Cool Jay. Oh yeah, that might have been the first one when it was free at the park. This is like what we're talking about the River Festival. I always want to tell people about my Eddie Money story. Are you guys local Idaho kids? Did you grow up here? Basically. I was here when the River Festival was going on, is that... Yeah, and yeah. so remember when 8th Street kind of ended right there and there wasn't, it didn't go into the connector and the, there was a big movie theater there? Uh-huh. They had set up this huge stage right there and so that, and I know that because people were like sitting on the 8th Street Marketplace movie theater to watch an Eddie Money, they gave this free concert right there. And it was the perfect moment for Eddie Money because, like, the crowd was the right age to really receive him. And so he was feeling the love of the crowd, and he was giving the love of Eddie Money to everyone. And it was just this beautiful moment where my uncle could really, really get down with (laughs) Eddie Money. (laughs) But that was back in, like, I don't know, 92, 3? When was Eddie Money's heyday? 80s? Late 70s, early 80s. Take me home tonight. See, the, like, this is mostly muff territory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a cool song. <laughs> <laughs> so, the album, um, it seemed more substantial than an EP, but it's still, yeah, isn't it like... Five songs? Eight songs? Five, it's just five. It's just five? How do you get eight songs out of the deal? I don't know. Three extra songs. Okay, it's, I guess it's just five songs. Uh, that's, that's the first... Yeah, first of three, each, each will be five 
songs. Oh. Each EP. So this is one. The next one's two. Mm-hmm. This and predictable oh. order. But so you can guess what the do we we can sync this up to some movie or something because there's going to be a nice dark side of the theme here going on. We can really dig into. Is there is it a concept trilogy? In a sense. <laughs> Well, I, I guess just the writing and creating there, I, sometimes I guess there, things can start to link up in interesting ways. And so there's some current, some themes, I guess, that are throughout the songs and through the artwork. And Do you have all three? Are they all finished? Or is it a, a plan? And that's what you're doing in the boardroom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're plotting it out. Yeah, basic... Basic tracks are recorded on everything, but we've got still got work to do on the other two EPs. The basic tracks, though. So all the songs are written, fifteen songs. Yes. Mm-hmm. And do you perform all the all fifteen songs? Or? Yeah. We we don't play that many shows, so when we have opportunities to play them, we do. We have played all the songs. That's true. But. And then you guys just did your record release show. Do you have a relationship with the Hive? Yeah, I volunteer there. Yeah? So, um... Didn't they have, like, issues, and they overcame the issues? (laughs) 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 Yeah, so, um... The Hive set up shop in the... It used to be custom recording and sound. It's a music studio that's been around for a long time. Uh Paul Revere and the Raiders recorded there, and some other bands that have been around. Um... And so it was a good space to set up in because it was already equipped to have music played there. So, um, but after being there for a while, the people that owned the building wanted to sell it. And so there was a big push for the organization to be able to purchase the building. Mm-hmm. So um, it is the permanent home of the Boise Hive now because they overcame that challenge. Yay! <laughs> Well, we're in, do you guys have a name for the rehearsal space here? It's an interesting, it looks like an apartment complex outside, is it? Yeah, well this is my weird home that I live in. This is uh, the compound. (laughs) Uh, There's uh, the original house is um, on one side and then this used to be a garage with an apartment above and we converted the garage into this practice space. And do you get neighbor complaints, or...? No. No. This is one of the most spacious practice spaces I've ever had the pleasure of. And it looks like this is another band over here. That's Dark Swallows. That's Dark Swallows over there. Yeah. And uh, Finn Riggins used to play here. Eric and Lisa from Finn Riggins used to live in one of the apartments, and so they would play in here as well. But now it's just the two of us, the two bands. Do you guys want to play a song? Sure. <laughs> okay. You, might, you might want to go like over there. Do you guys wear ear protection? Yeah. Yeah, and we have. Some. Oh, I have some. And actually, I'll just there's some vocals that'll help. Okay. <laughs> oh, what did we decide we wanted to play today? Whole classic. Thank <laughs> you.
and I can turn that back on. Did you turn off the speakers or just the... So do you guys have like a biggest show you've ever done is Get Wet Plus? Was that our first tree port maybe? Is there a bigger one? That was certainly the biggest venue we've ever played. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know about attendance. We played the El Cora Shrine the, uh, at the first tree port. And so a lot of people can fit in there, but there weren't a lot of people there for us. But it was... It's I mean, interesting because... I've been to shows at Tree Fort where it's an earlier show in the day in the sh in the shrine, and it 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 does feel kind of spacious. But then it's hard because you don't really know. Like you can get lucky as if if people if it just works out just right, then you're going to end up with a crowd. Yeah. Yeah. And this song is called Cult Classic. Cult Classic. Is it on one?
you guys think there's a Boise sound? That was very nice, thank you. Uh, I, would, I would say yes, probably. And does it have to, to do with Boise, or does it have to do with the moment and time? Like, do Boise bands always sound similar? So if you listen to Dirt Fisherman and Built to Spill or On Through? I think at least currently in the last 10, 15 years, it's all kind of based around Built to Spill to some extent. A little bit. I feel personally really influenced by that band. But So do you find that the stuff that you do has a similar flavor that carries over through all the different bands? And it just, it's your voice in particular? Or do you find that each band that you're in definitely has a really discernible voice? Well, it all feels really special and unique to me. When I experience <laughs> it. <laughs> sure. So like if, if someone said, uh, get wet plus, they are a... I usually say dance punk band. Dance punk band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or indie punk. Mm-hmm. And then Dark Swallows is more of a... Pretty straight indie rock band. Indie rock band. Mm-hmm. And Lafleur was a... Indie rock band. Yeah, sounds alright. It had a, a slight wackiness to it, though. It was... Some, you can't define it. Labels can't even touch it. Right. Anymore. But part of that was just... Zach Jones. <laughs> because I couldn't tell. Because <laughs> he's serious, but then he's also goofy as all get out. Yeah. Was, if if Coco Pele was Andy Rock. <laughs> okay, well, we're pretty close to the end here. Thank you. For yeah, your is there anything... Anything we need to know before we move on with our lives? What do we got? Are we looking forward to two and three, it sounds like. Certainly release dates up in the air at this point, but all hopefully done before the end of the year. And so this, I mean, as far as your own lives, you all have, this is just the nice, fun thing that you get to do. Mm-hmm. It is for me, yeah. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, it's not such a commitment that you have to lose sleep over it or anything like that. But do, how often do you guys rehearse? It's once a week, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then when you do record, do you end up at the Hive? Is that like a no. recording space now? or? Yeah, they're set up to record, um, but uh, we recorded with Zach Von House, and he has his own space. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think for like f- maybe for bands who want to record themselves, or maybe if they're working with somebody who, for whatever reason, would really like to use that recording space, they could. But since we knew we wanted to work with him, we just went to his studio. Yeah. Yeah, he's a lot of fun to work with. Yeah. Until we knew what, what we were looking for and had a lot of good ideas. Yeah. For... Okay, well, thanks for having me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and so everyone needs to go to the water cooler at 6.50 on Saturday night, March 26th. Yes. And uh, do you have any sense of what that bill is like? Does it culminate with something? Us. 
No, I don't know. <laughs> We're all playing uh, I know Deep Creeps is playing as well. Mm-hmm. You guys had played with them last year. Last year. I mean, so I made fun because the names on that bill was like Mr. Lester's Stinkhole and Twat Trap. Twat Trap, yes. Were they from here? Yes. Okay. So. Yeah, that is a group of uh, young women that are from here. Um, and I don't know that they're still playing. Okay, well, thanks so much, and, uh... <laughs> thanks, Doug. Thank you, thank you. You've been listening to Get Wet Plus on 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and thesyncbook.com. For more information about the band, be sure and check out their website at getwetplus.bandcamp.com. For more information about the SyncBook, our guests, to check out past shows or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please be sure and visit our website at thesyncbook.com. If you like this podcast and would like more, consider becoming a SyncBook Plus member. Some of the membership benefits include full access to the complete audio archive, discounts on books, behind-the-scenes scripts, bonus audio and video, as well as monthly online hangouts with the host. All this and more can be found at thesyncbook.com slash memberships. Thanks so much, and happy spring, people.